Hi, Priscilla McKinney here, Mama Bird and CEO at Little Bird Marketing. I'm so excited to announce, finally, my book is out. Collaboration is the new competition. Why the future of work rewards a cross-pollinating hive mind and how not to get left behind. So what's the book about? (laughs) The impetus was really about a gap that I saw in the business vernacular about how we need to work together to get ahead and have much bigger wins. I think it's super important right now because there is a growing need for collaboration in the business world. And I made this book super practical. In fact, the chapters tell you how many minutes it's going to take for you to get through them. I know you're busy, but these kinds of ideas are going to, I hope, permeate into your thought process and help you get ahead quicker. The first part of the book is about what is the state of affairs in business and why I believe collaboration is really needed. And it also goes on to explain these are the fundamentals that need to happen so you can have collaboration. So once you set yourself up for the win, then it's not always smooth sailing. And I finished the last half of the book giving you seven different anchors that you can use as a practical tool in order to make sure you stay on course. So in a time when business has never been more complicated, this book offers a fresh and, in my opinion, much needed perspective. It moves away from that idea of linear success and instead brings people together to give you a competitive advantage. Visit PriscillaMcKinney.com for more information. And welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the little bird marketing company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, CEO and Mama Bird over here, as always, bringing you things that happen at the intersection of marketing and great thought leadership and market research and all of the marketing giants that I can actually get on this podcast, I bring to you. So we've got another one today. And this one's really special because this is a fellow author. And so many of you have been watching through me go through the journey of coming to writing my book. It's so special for me to have other authors on. But this one came to me through a friend of yours. And dear listener, you know and love Rob Volpe. So you can thank him for this episode. I have with me Nancy McDonald Ruder. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And your listeners can either thank Rob or blame Rob, depending upon what they think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all live with the mix of those two things because he's that friendly friendly with everybody. So he's definitely known in this industry and what a beautiful book he put out. But thank you to Rob for introducing us. Nancy, actually, you don't know this, but I'm a little bit jelly of your career start over at Leo Burnett. It's kind of a fun fact about you. But I remember one time going to Chicago and taking my own picture in front of the Leo Burnett sign. So a little bit jelly that that's where you got a great start. But if you don't know, Nancy, we're going to talk today a little bit about her book. It's called How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights. What is still true, more true, and newly true. So what's cool about that is we're going to see that she has really a wide breadth of experience. And like I mentioned, she started over at Leo Burnett, but he has used all this experience in marketing strategy, marketing training, even branding, consumer research, 
really taking that experience and helping companies accelerate their growth. So really identifying what are those key internal marketing strengths and then pulling those all the way to the outside and saying, let's make these external marketing efforts work based on those strengths. So very cool approach. And obviously, as a fellow marketer, I'm always learning. So the book was amazing. I highly recommend it. And I'm going to, first of all, just give you kind of a moment, Nancy, to tell us about why did you write the book? Like, I want to pull the curtain back a little bit. And what got you started down the book path? Yeah, I'm happy to have that. I honestly wanted to write a book from the time I was very young. I was always into art and creative writing. And I used to write books, type them on a typewriter when I was old enough to type and I would glue them together with binding and sign my name. And I mean, they were nothing that should be published, but I just had that aspiration from a very young point in my life. And so it was always in my mind. And I got to the point in my career and with my company that I had this amazing network of senior marketers and I really wanted a way How was it that in such extraordinary circumstances, oftentimes, and with the continual need to innovate, that I saw so many of them really thriving, not just surviving it, but really excelling within it? That gave me the idea of interviewing them and using research as a means of really bubbling up and discovering what were those ingredients to success. And I hoped, and it really was a great way too, of being able to connect, reconnect, meet new marketers as well, because I talked to a combination of people that I already knew. And then I got a lot of new introductions and made a lot of new relationships out of it too. Well, this has been over many years and these are relationships you've had. So let's talk a little bit about the evolution of this book, because you came back and revisited the efforts that marketers had. So you had the initial publication of the book. So can you share some of those surprising ways that you saw their answers morph or their strategies and philosophies kind of emerge a little bit differently? How had these winning leaders evolved over the years? Yeah. When I tell you the years of when I originally published and when I did the new edition, you'll easily know why I felt like the need to revisit because I published in 2018. And then I did the new edition, which launched in 2022. So as we all know, all the reasons, (laughs) things that happened in between, it felt to me like so many of the senior marketers I knew were going through extraordinary change the world obviously going through extraordinary change, but at a practical level, many of the marketers that I knew ended up either proactively or reactively changing their career trajectory, changing their jobs, changing their roles. There was really no one who was just, yeah, status quo, moving along. And so it really felt important to understand as I put it in the book, what was still true, what was more true, and what might be newly true. Mm -hmm. And I will say that the piece, and it does make sense once you pause on it, the piece that remains so true is the importance of being a generalist. And I talk a lot in the original edition about the power of being a generalist. It is ever more true when you're in such a hyper-changing environment, because it's really about having that nimbleness of being able to, as we have used the word many times, pivot where you need to pivot, gain a new skill set, 
let go of old ways, things that aren't serving you anymore and moving into new and not having that be a burden or a depletion, but rather the thing that actually fuels you. And I really enjoyed reading David Epstein's book range, and I could not agree more. And when I was reading your book, I heard that like that generalization. And I really agree with that. And I'm not just saying that because you're on my podcast. But I know for us, different clients need different things at different times. And you know this, that clients come to you often, and they've seen a competitor or someone they aspire to do a particular marketing action. And so it excites them, but that's not the right marketing action for them. And having a general understanding of all things, even if that's not something you specifically do, you do know why it fits or doesn't fit for them at the time. I found that that really resonated with me in the book a lot. Yes. And the idea of the power of being a generalist, it isn't a well-accepted fact. I'll say it that way, because there has been this long-standing expression that we all use, jack of all trades, master of none. So that's criticism, really, to say, well, if you're good at a lot of things, you can't really be good at a lot of things. You probably are only like an inch deep and a mile wide. And what I, too, love about Range, because he really gets into a lot of the science of it, is that actually you are a better learner. It is better. It's not to say that there isn't a place for specialization, but even those who are the most specialized need to have that ability to look across and more broadly. I also thought it was really interesting that he touches on this idea that you may have a bit of a slower start. So for example, if you're someone who is raising your children to speak two languages, they may start speaking a little later but when they do, they know both languages. So there's this idea of expanding yourself horizontally. And the more you work that muscle, the more you're able to excel at being a learner and getting up that curve more nimbly and with less energy depletion and also with more invigoration with it. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about that, the art and science. You mentioned he took more of a scientific look at that. So you, in your book, I think, strike a really great balance between the art and science part of marketing. So in your analysis, you really emphasize the importance of this balance. So can you share with my listeners a story that really helps people understand what you mean by this balance and how that has an impact on an actual campaign or a career. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. Are you looking for experts and tools to collect research data worldwide? Global sampling, field management, and data collection are just some of the services that Gazelle Global provides. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how our expertise can help you unearth quality data that drives meaningful insights. Get your research done anywhere around the world quickly and efficiently. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. Yes, for sure. Many people who lean one way or the other has to do with our upbringing for starters, like were you someone who had great interest in and felt that you could excel, let's just say in school at all, because some people school is not their thing. But then within school, were you good at math? Did you feel comfortable in data? Or were you more on the artful side of things? And that tends to dictate a bit where we have our confidence, we tend to have our confidence where we feel we're better at things. What's so interesting that I learned is that whichever way you lean, 
you have a bit of a fear of that other side that you're weaker at. But the great news is that anyone can flex into the other side. So I think of someone like Ken Dice, who's a dear friend and was senior at Nike at the time that I was doing the original book. And he talked a lot about how data-driven Nike is to get to the artful insights. Ultimately, it's very creatively expressed. I think if you think about anything that Nike is doing when it comes to their innovation, their storytelling, very artful. But behind all of that is a great deal of data. So you need to have the both. Andrew Swinant, who is currently the head of Leo Burnett in Chicago, he talks about it from the vantage point of how you really can't do one without the other. And if you neglect one or the other, you're never going to be able to really keep up with what your customers really seek. So he speaks about being a learning organization tapping into the insight and then distilling that down in an artful way. So if you look at many of the successful brands out in the world today, artfully expressed, but behind that you have a great deal of data. And lastly, I will say Priscilla, like my own story is I think an interesting one for anyone who feels like, wow, I really am not too comfortable on the artful side, or I'm not too comfortable on the data side, the science side. I grew up extremely artful, like all through my upbringing, I was really into art and creativity, and I didn't feel particularly successful with math or data. When I got through university, I still was very art-leaning, but I pursued an MBA at one of the most quantitative schools you could find. You know, University of Chicago is like the Olympics of all things quantitative (laughs) and science-based. And so what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but it really did help me understand data and the power of data to help me balance myself out. Knowing that I wanted a career in marketing, I understood that that was my side that I needed to strengthen. So in the book, there's an actual assessment that people can take and they can see which way they lean. And it gives you a toolkit of resources that you can look at to help you strengthen the side that may be weaker. And there are people who are perfectly balanced, but even if you are sitting in that range where you're balanced, you still need to continue per Andrew's commentary on it. You still need to continue to work on the both because marketing is ever-changing. Okay, let's unpack that a little bit because you just mentioned the noetic art and science assessment. So how did you conceptualize and design that assessment. Tell me a little bit about how that came about. Yeah. So the first step of it was the research itself that I did with marketers. And I started to really understand this paradigm that I had always had a hypothesis about, but I really started to be able to play out that hypothesis and understand, okay, what were marketers regarding? What were they leaning into and how? I then worked with a data scientist to sort through the skill sets that would be on each side and then a way of having an assessment that would give people the ability to objectively, it's still a self-perception as all assessments are, but to ask those really objective questions to enable people to self-rate themselves on a scale. And then we built the scale 
in a little bit of a provocative way to make it simple to grasp in that if you were absolutely perfectly balanced, your score is a zero. And so if you're on the artful side, you're in the positive numbers, doesn't mean positive as in science is negative, but you'll be in the positive numbers. And if you're heavier on the science side, you'll be in the negative numbers. And so it gives you that ability to see your range. And then we chunked that out into whether you are slightly art leaning, very art leaning, slightly science, very science or balanced in the middle. Okay. So let's talk about that continuum a little bit. I'm sure people move up and down a little bit, but it is ultimately a self-perception, where am I comfortable type of thing. So once people understand where they are on that continuum, I'm sure for some people that's an aha moment be like, oh, that's why that meeting is so hard for me, (laughs) right? And then they have these moments. But after they understand where they fall on that continuum, what do you suggest that people should do in order to really harness that strength and like you said, learn to address those potential weak areas. Yeah. And since the time of the second edition, we actually have built out workshops where we can take it down to the skill level. So you can see as an individual down to the specific skills where you score. The assessment in the book shows your overall score. The first thing is bearing in mind that you need to embrace where you are. So people have feelings. (laughs) We all have feelings about where we land on that continuum. And so a lot of times people are like, oh yeah, I'm pretty science leaning. I've never really been comfortable on that creative side. So a lot of it is opening up one's curiosity and setting aside the fear of where you sit and can I move myself? Because the fact is you can move yourself. And so let's say someone is science leaning A lot of the resources that we recommend in the book help them work on and practice the more artful side. So it would open up areas having to do with thinking through the use of your intuition, ideation, creative strategic problem solving, all of the aspects that have to do with the connections that come, the storytelling that comes from not straight from the data, but from that walk one needs to take to distill it down. And to the converse, if someone is heavier on the art side, we have resources within the book. And some of them are, there are websites you can go to, there are trainings you can go to, there are books you can read. So it's a myriad of things knowing that people are different kinds of learners. I love that. So I'm going to bring this all the way back to something you mentioned at the very beginning, which is take note of when I first wrote it and when I revised it, which is there's a massive gap. And for almost all of us, there's a massive gap in the middle of our careers. What happened to us? We almost don't even remember. So I just want to highlight that just a little bit. You kind of referred to it as extraordinary times. (laughs) And that's a very nice way of putting it. But you saw these senior people navigate that challenge, pivot, as you say, address the uncertainties in some form or fashion. So are there specific traits or strategy that you think really bubbled to the top in that? Like, what did you think created even more of a success? And what do you think is going to be far more successful going forward? Yes. At a practical level, a lot of the people who were quite senior and successful in marketing ended up making a career change somewhere between 2018 and 2022. And as part of that journey, what I saw many of them do is take a step back 
and way to be to really reflect on what they wanted and what they wanted next and move into that mode of really doing a reset. And that's an important part of one's commitment to learning. It's really staying in that curiosity of, okay, this is where I was on my journey. Where do I really think that I want to go next and being intentional about it? So I would say their commitment to learning and their curiosity is what really helped them through. I also think at a practical level that their ability to lean into that superpower of being a generalist, because in many cases, people were switching industries, switching roles, leveling up, laterally moving over. So there was a lot of need to work those different muscles. I have a quick and I think just fabulous story having to do with that power of the generalist. One of my dear colleagues and has been a client for a long time, Pat Lafferty, started his career in the military. And he was in the military police before he became a marketer. And so military police MP, they used to joke internally, they called it multi-purpose. <laughs> because when you were in the military police, they would change your job all the time. So one day you're in charge of the mess hall, the next day you have to take a troop out and go accomplish something. And they would just keep switching it very purposefully. And so at a very young age, Pat understood, came to understand, like he was always sitting in some level of conscious incompetence and he had to learn how to be comfortable in that. He needed to learn how to be calm in chaos and he needed to learn how to be a learner. And that's what I really saw when I went back and talked to people in this very chaotic time where nobody really knows where the firm ground is. It's a lot of internal work about leaning on one's ability to learn. I will also mention that the commitment to understanding the consumer that they're serving really strong marketers who are scaling the heights never assume that they know. They don't rest on the laurels. And that learning curve sped up in the environment that we have been in. So much of consumer behavior changed, preferences changed, priorities changed. And so people were really needing to not assume more than ever and really lean into creative ways of making sure that they could stay in tune and frankly, keep up with what their consumers and their customers were really looking for. And so a really healthy respect for that is another aspect that I definitely saw as a theme. Well, that makes sense why you're friends with Rob Volpe then, because he's very good at just asking that next question. <laughs> exactly. It, it is. It's all about asking the really great questions, setting aside the judgment, as Rob would encourage us to do, and really opening your ears and your heart to hearing what matters now. I love that. And Nancy, there's obviously a lot of heart in the book. I like the very personalized stories. You have just a way of kind of telling them and shining the light on them in that way that you say, it's not a judgment. <laughs> we all fall on this continuum somewhere. It's not a positive or negative, but we need to understand where we are so that we can start that learning process. I really did love that. You heard it here at Pondering from the Perch with Nancy McDonald Ruder. And in the show notes, you will find that link to her book, How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights, What is Still True, More True, and Newly True. Also, Nancy, why don't you tell us where we can find you a little bit more about what Noetic Consultants does and where we can find you online? 
Yes, great. So Noetic is a marketing consultancy, and we specialize in market research, branding, training, and coaching, which is an interesting combination of services born out of the fact that when one does refine or define or redefine a brand, one also needs to equip the organization from the inside out. So that's where the training really was born from. And the coaching is for marketing leaders, typically at the manager, director, and up level. So we would love to hear from your listeners. We are very active on LinkedIn. So Noetic Consultants, you can look us up there. Nancy McDonald Reuter, I would love to hear from anybody from my page. We'll put all of your contact information in the show notes. And just for people listening along, it's Nancy, N A N C I E, if you're looking her up, McDonald, M C D O N N E L L, and Reuter, R U D E R. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.